Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Now time for our Euro Watch segment where we turn our attention to headlines coming out from the Europe region. Uh, we'll be talking about the ripple effect of UK's mini-budget to far-right leader Giorgia Meloni claiming victory in Italy's election. Uh, to updates with regard to Europe's investigation on attacks which have caused major leaks into the Baltic Sea from the Nord Stream pipeline. Let's get some analysis on these headlines from Antonio Fatas, Professor of Economics at INSEAD. Good morning, Prof. It's been a long time. How are you? Well, hi. Good morning. Okay, Prof. uh, Let's start off with the UK, their new economic and fiscal plan. Give us your take on the recently announced mini-budget. What sort of repercussions can we expect? Uh, Already, we're seeing this morning that uh, they're trying to get the value of the pound back up with uh, various policies with regard to the bonds. Tell us more. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was a budget that was, of course, dominated by political considerations as we get a new prime minister uh, yeah. with, of course, trying to prove that she's different from the previous ones. But from an economic point of view, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. It, it was using economic policies that have not worked well in the past. It was creating a bigger budget deficit at a time where it's not needed. Probably you should go in the opposite direction. So I think the markets have reacted really strongly, in fact, stronger than what I had predicted. And that is pushing the government to rethink, I think, their budget. I'm not sure whether they will go back and and remove that budget, but certainly what we're seeing in the last 48 hours have been very dramatic. Yeah, it's extreme pressure as well, right? Because they were supposed to talk about these budgets and fiscal plan in that sense. In November, they've pushed it back up. Liz Truss herself has faced a lot of criticism. The IMF has come out to say things like your tax cuts. That's not viable. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you've seen all those things, that the markets reacted the way they did, the pound depreciated interest rates went, that the IMF made a public statement, which is really rare for the IMF to do that, I think it just speaks for the fact that that's a really poorly designed plan from an economic point of view. Mm, Prof, uh, from a speculative uh, stance, is it possible the UK is doing this without actually considering economic growth? I mean, can tax cuts even deliver economic growth? I mean, what we know from the past is that tax cuts are not great at delivering economic growth. We know very well that the U.S. has structural issues. Uh, it has delivered very poorly on economic growth over the last decades, not just years. Uh, and tax cuts is not going to do it. So tax cuts is obviously a politically motivated policy. From an economic point of view, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. And even the inflation rate, given where we are today, is really the wrong policy for today's times. All right, Prof. Uh, let's uh, talk about Italy. Quite interesting far-right leader, uh, Giorgia Meloni, claimed victory in Italy's election. She's on course to become the country's first female prime minister. What does this win mean for Italy and I think more broadly for Europe? I mean, I think it is the first time you pay attention to Italian politics. You would be worried. You would think there's going to be a lot of conflict between the Italian government and the European Union. Now, if you've been around for a while, like I have, we've seen this many times before, uh, and we've seen governments that, that come to power with very strong policies and threats and possible tensions, but these governments first don't last very long. Mm. So it's very hard for these governments to do much. And second, once they become uh, government, when they come to power, they typically soften their policies. So I'm not too worried. I wish the, the, pers- the government was different in Italy from an economic point of view. 
but given that we've seen this before, I'm a lot more worried about the UK than I am <laughs> about Italy. Um, I was in Italy uh, just two, three months ago, and a lot of the young people there, even cab drivers, talk about how um, economically they are very worried. You know, it, it's hard to get a job. Some people are traveling, you know, say from the outside of Venice, who travel all the way to Venice just to get a hotel job in, in, in that sense. For Miss Maloney, I mean, if she's going to tackle something top of her list, what do you think she will be looking at first? Italy is another economy that has had fundamental issues with growth for decades. It's one of the poorest performance among advanced economies for the last two, three decades. The issues are structural. They're not easy to fix. They're obviously from a very bureaucratic economy, from a labor market, which is not very flexible. Uh, So I think these are issues which require very deep policies. That's not what she was campaigning for during her election. So I don't expect a lot of progress on her side. I just hope she doesn't break too many more things. And one day we have a better government in Italy dealing with the structural issues. Okay, Professor, let's talk about the issues uh, regarding the European Union. We've got Belgrade signing an agreement with Moscow, pledging long-term consultations on foreign policy matters amid the conflict with Ukraine, Russia's conflict with Ukraine, that is. Are, are we slowly, you know, showing cracks within the EU with regard to this conflict? We're seeing some. Uh, of course, Belgrade, Serbia is not part of the European Union yet. Mm, yes. It's applying to be a member of the European Union. So, again, for them to sign an agreement with Moscow, although they're downplaying the agreement, of course, <laughs> politically they don't want to do this, uh, but they will put themselves in a position that possibly the European Union will deny them entry into the group. I don't think that's what they want to do. But yes, you see the tensions with some countries, some politicians in Europe are, are more sort of positive towards Russia, and the European Union has taken a very strong stance. So there's a little bit of tensions. There's no tensions at the core that that what would be very damaging. If, of course, Germany or France disagreed on on the policy with respect to Russia would be a big deal. Serbia, I don't think is a big deal because they're not in. And again, they they don't matter that much for the policies of the European Union. Mm. Talking about uh, Russia, Ukraine, near to them is Poland. And their government intends to sue the European Commission at the Court of Justice of the European Union. Uh, Bro, what's the backstory here? I mean, both Poland and Hungary, which are members of the European Union, have implemented policies in the past that the European Union has disagreed with, that they felt that they were against the values of the European Union. So the European Union has taken measures against them. Now, these two governments reacting, saying that's not fair, so they're going to the Court of Justice. This is not the first time that has happened. Germany has occasionally brought some issues to the Court of Justice when they disagreed. I think this is okay. Of course, you don't want to see increasing tensions within the European Union, but but this is one of the tensions that needs to be resolved. And the way you resolve it, you go to a Court of Justice. This Mm -hmm. is the usual procedure in the European Union to resolve a dispute. All right. I'm on the line this morning with Antonio Fatas, who is a professor of economics at NCIAD. Prof, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about gas. That's a hotly debated topic. The price of gas in particular. According to a letter seen by Reuters, a group of EU countries are pushing Brussels to produce plans this week for a block-wide cap on the price of gas. Let's talk about the EU's latest proposal uh, with regard to emergency measures to tackle soaring energy prices. With this move, is it fair to say that that proposal was not enough then? I mean, I think it's a very difficult situation. Uh, if, if you think about what is optimal at this point, you don't want to put a cap on gas prices. Yes. Uh, why? Because you want to discourage consumption. You want people okay. to cut consumption. That's the only solution for a 
proper winter this winter. Yeah. Now, if you put a cap, people will keep consuming as much gas as in the past, and that's not going to work. So what you want to do is let the price tell consumers they should start saving on gas, but then give subsidies and support people who have very low income who cannot afford their gas bills. So that's sort of optimal policy. It's just not easy to implement. Mm. because Then you have to discriminate who do you send a check to, who do you give a payment to. So, of course, a cap on price sounds great. It sort of said we fix everything, but, but we don't because we don't have enough gas. So we have to do something to reduce consumption and, and having a high price, it is one way of doing it, even if it sounds bad, obviously, for the people who are paying it. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's creating that environment of control. Interesting, though, because, you know, when you consider what's happening um, over in the Germany side of things, uh, we've got investigators looking to what Germany, Denmark and Sweden say were attacks which had caused major leaks into the Baltic Sea. Those uh, two Russian pipelines, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 at the center of the standoff. Prof, the timing is a little convenient, don't you think? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, to me, it's clearly that Russia has been behind these attacks. Uh, it doesn't matter too much in the short run because okay. there was no more gas coming from Russia to Europe. Yeah. So it, it was not important in the short run, but, but it is important in the long run, meaning it is possible this pipe will never work again. So beyond what we do this winter, which something has to happen, we, we're going to have to live in a world where there's no gas flowing from Russia to the rest of Europe, which maybe that was already the case because I, I'm not yeah. sure how this conflict will ever be resolved. Yeah. But, but again, to me, this is Russia doing this. I think this is unfortunate from an environmental point of view. This is a disaster because the gas is coming out. But again, this is expected given what Russia has been doing over the last months. I mean, this does put a lot of the sustainability conversations that Europe has been so-called pioneering uh, on the back foot. When you consider it's sort of Russia's plans to, to be more sustainable, yet you can't because you need the energy right now. Um, weeks ago, there was a conversation about returning on nuclear plants. How do you see the sustainability issues being looked at moving forward? Or, or do we have to put that aside first? I mean, I see it, I see it, I see it in an optimistic way in the okay. sense that this, this has made people realize that we need to move faster. Uh, mm. Of course, we have one, two years of transition where things might not be ideal. Okay. But I think the type of investment you're going to see on renewable energies in Europe, which we had already done in the past, is just going to be spectacular over the next years. There's going to be support everywhere from citizens, from governments, from businesses. So I think in some way that the side effect of this is that Europe is going to move even faster towards independence. And independence means wind, solar and any energy that obviously you can keep within your borders and you don't depend on others. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I, I'm looking forward to that. I've been speaking with Antonio Fantas, who is Professor of Economics at NCR. Prof, I really appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.